I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Well, there were too many people at the Super Bowl. Everyone's gonna die. It's new for Monday, February 8th, 2021. Happy Super Bowl, I guess. Follow the podcast at t.me slash I'm your moderator on the Telegram Messenger app or join the discussion thread at t.me slash be reasonable discussion. I'm also on Gab at I'm your moderator. Today is the 19th full day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party and more than happy to do their bidding in exchange for regular amounts of money, not even really enough to sell your entire country out to a communist party. I mean, at least become a billionaire, Joe, for fuck's sake. You've been selling your office for 50 years. Is this the best you can do? Also, he's the patriarch of one of the country's worst families. Although his wife is a doctor, I mean, she did write a paper about community college, and that's all you need to be a doctor now. He's also the father of one of the world's worst sons. So, it's victory, America, victory for us all. Except that a Trump supporter won the Super Bowl. And now we're all sad. Woketopia was brought back to earth temporarily as Tom Brady shredded the Kansas City Chiefs for his seventh Super Bowl ring, which is absolutely insane. See, me as a Steeler fan, my team having six Super Bowl rings. I thought that we were really very safe with that number for quite a while, but it turns out that Tom Brady just likes winning Super Bowls more than everyone else. And I got to congratulate him, man. I've been a Brady hater for most of my life up until a few years ago, but this guy is just magnificent. I mean, he does exactly what he has to all the time with the perfect demeanor, the perfect attitude. He makes the situation conform to what he needs. He is that talented and his will is that overpowering. He went down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, left his coach, Bill Belichick, who everybody prior to yesterday just automatically called pretty much the best 
football coach of all time, his reputation is taking a major hit as Tom just walks away and goes and conquers the NFL with Bruce Arians, former Steelers coach. And he did it while resurrecting the careers of Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, and even Rob Gronkowski, who left the Patriots and retired. And Tom was like, hey, Gronk, going to need you in Tampa. Come down. I'll get you a ring. No worries. And a few months later, he did it. So congratulations, Tom. I don't even hate you anymore. You're just too awesome to hate. Now, with the Steelers not in the Super Bowl and with the shameful embarrassment that their amazing season became after 11 games, partially due to the ridiculous bullshit regulations involving the coronavirus, their games were just rescheduled. Oh, Thanksgiving? Nope. Can't play on Thanksgiving. Gonna play on Sunday. Can't play on Sunday? Nope. Gonna play on Wednesday. What? Ruined my season, made me very mad, but reality happens beyond my control. So once the Steelers completely shit the bed, as they did especially in the playoffs against the Cleveland Browns, I kind of lost all interest. I, I skipped the first quarter yesterday and because uh, I needed to go get ingredients to make queso. I mean, why not? Queso is great. And it really improves a football game, to tell the truth. Get a couple cervezas and a little queso, you're in great shape. But I got caught up on some of the great moments from the beginning of the game. Like when the Bidens sat down for a message to the whole stadium, because you know what a bunch of rabid football fans just waiting for the Super Bowl to begin want more than anything else. And it's to listen to Jill Biden talk for 90 seconds while Joe kind of grunts and struggles to uh, think in the background. And the main point was that we have to mask up and socially distance and vaccinate when it's your turn. In fact, coming back from a commercial at one point, I think in the second or third quarter, there was a uh, Toyota sponsorship that like, you know, the, the TV announcers have to read. It's not like a real commercial. It's just like this Super Bowl is brought to you by Pepsi or like the Super Bowl halftime was brought by Pepsi. You know what I mean? So they do a Toyota commercial and they say, Toyota says, mask up, socially distance and vaccinate when it's your turn. I mean, that is so dystopian. We do not need a Japanese car company telling us to vaccinate when it's our turn. Okay, here's when my turn is. Never. <laughs> well, that's that's the truth. But why would I even bother trying to have a turn before I become part of an at-risk group for the coronavirus? And the at-risk group 
for coronavirus is almost nobody. I don't know how we haven't gotten that through our collective heads yet. If a disease has the potential to kill one or two out of every thousand people, who get it, by the way, that number is how many people die who get it. So it has the potential to kill one or two out of a thousand people who get it. That means that the vulnerable group is almost nobody. Oh, but I'm sure people will face very serious health concerns after. Well, nah, not really. That was kind of overblown. And we know that because nobody really talks about it anymore. No one worries about that. Not the medical community, not the media. People certainly don't. Unless those people are communists and then they worry about everything. And we'll get into that in a second. But the greatest part of the Joe and Dr. Jill Biden diatribe at the beginning about how we're reuniting everybody. The country is unifying. We're all coming together as one America for a massive woke social justice commercial. And we're going to take short breaks from that commercial now and then to have football. Because that's what yesterday really was. And the stadium reacted exactly as they should to an illegitimate president and a really truly awful woman who he has spent the last who knows how many years with committing crimes, really. They're like a totally uninteresting Bonnie and Clyde. But the stadium booed them consistently throughout their speech. And that's awesome. But interestingly, that's not really what you would expect to happen for the most popular presidential candidate of all time. I mean, Joe Biden received 16 million votes more than Barack Obama, or so we're led to believe. But I remember when Barack Obama won, and I remember for a while, everywhere that Barack Obama showed up, he was greeted with standing ovations. Joe Biden just became fake president like two and a half weeks ago. And he's already getting booed. And now part of that is just because he's shaping up to be historically the worst president imaginable. Worse than Obama and way worse than Jimmy Carter. But the other part of it is that just that he's totally illegitimate and most of the country knows that. So I want to talk a bit about the game, a bit about the commercials, and then a bit about how the left is collectively just losing their minds about the game and about life in general. And then we'll talk a little bit about the uh, fake impeachment before this high noon 
concludes. So one thing that's uh, getting a lot of attention today is when Tyron Matthew got in Tom Brady's face. I think that was after the Antonio Brown touchdown. Um, and uh, Tyron Matthew, who is the honey badger, right, from LSU. I think I'm remembering that correctly. He got in Brady's face, and after the game, he said that the reason he did that is because Brady uh, called him something that wasn't fit to be repeated, right? And we're all supposed to guess what that is. We're supposed to assume that it's the N-word, yes. And then later on, of course, he has to kind of retract that because Tom Brady was mic'd up for the whole game. And Tom Brady didn't say that. Tom Brady's been in the league for like 20 fucking years and no one has ever accused him of that. So he just waits until he starts kicking ass in his seventh Super Bowl win to start being an unmitigated racist on the field? It doesn't even make sense. But that's not even the first time that's happened in like the last year or so. Last season, Mason Rudolph of my Steelers gotten a little tussle after having his helmet ripped off by Miles Garrett. And what does Miles Garrett say? He says that Mason Rudolph called him N-word. Did Mason Rudolph do that? No. How do we know that? Because there's fucking cameras and microphones everywhere. It's an NFL game. How is this acceptable? How is it acceptable to lie about that? This is the same thing with AOC last week that we were talking about. Like, stop making shit up. You're making it more difficult for actual victims of abuse or violence or racism to be believed. Every time people lie about this stuff, they're using one of the most powerful cards in the deck for personal benefit. Not to create justice, not to right a wrong, not to expose someone's bad behavior, but for personal benefit. It's really just deplorable behavior. But of course, that's not the end of the football wokeness surrounding the Super Bowl. Le'Veon Bell, former Steeler, who I loved, who could have been one of the best players in the NFL for a long time and instead is one of the stupidest athletes ever and that is uh that is rare air being one of the stupidest professional athletes of all time makes you really like phenomenally stupid Le'Veon Bell was maybe the best player in the NFL for a season or two next to Antonio Brown and probably Tom Brady, honestly. But he blew that. He sat out a season, gave up like $15 million only to sign a contract that paid him less money. And then he shit the bed as a player. Blew it completely. 
could have had, I think, 60 million or 75 million from the Steelers, and he just completely lost out on all of it. And now his career is middling at best. But he went ahead last week and decided it would be a good idea to poke the dragon. I guess it's supposed to be poking the bear, right? But Tom Brady's a dragon. He went on into the dragon cave. I think dragons live in caves or caverns or under mountains or some shit. But he went in there and he said that Patrick Mahomes might be the best football player ever. As Patrick Mahomes had to was about to go head to head with the best football player ever. And Patrick Mahomes is an extraordinarily talented player. I'm not trying to take anything away from the dude in terms of his football talent. But he looked like a little kid out there yesterday compared to Tom Brady. And the stats bear that out, so whatever. But Patrick Mahomes was also one of the guys shilling for corporate America in these commercials about all the social justice from last summer. It's so great that all these people are rioting and burning down communities because they're fixing racism. And everybody knows that all we should be doing right now and ever really is acting in illegal and immoral ways until racism is fixed. Hey, I'm just gonna be an asshole until racism is solved forever. That's like, what bad first graders do. Like just act out until you give them what they want. And of course that works so well with our media and with the Democrat party and the commies and Romneys and Obamis. They love that shit. Hey, if you continue to act out in these terrible ways, we'll continue to keep trying to get you what you want. But it's really what we want. It's just an election. You guys keep doing that. And as soon as we get the election, then you guys have to stop doing that bad shit so that it doesn't look like it's us allowing it. Okay? We all agree on that? Ready? Break. But that's not quite enough woke for Patrick Mahomes and for the Twitterati watching the game. Because Mahomes arrived at the game with a full mask on, whereas Brady acted like a normal adult-brained man and did not wear a mask because he is at absolutely no risk of dying from the coronavirus, and he's also at no risk of giving anyone else the coronavirus because he doesn't have it. That's how reality works. We used to all remember that up to a year ago. There were 20,000 fans in the stadium and like 10,000 cardboard cutouts, which I assume all of them voted for Joe Biden. Masks are one of the stupidest fucking issues of all time. The NFL spent the season fining players and coaches who didn't have their masks on on the sidelines. 
I watched it all year long. And yesterday, most of these players on the sidelines were not wearing masks. And that got broadcast to the entire country. And that didn't sit too well with communists, you know. I mean, I thought it was fantastic. And watching people like Patrick Mahomes and some of the other players, like at one point, Mahomes was walking down the sideline, like, you know, in the team area along the sideline, out of bounds. I'm not talking about he was walking on the sideline on the field. He was off the field, walking down along the benches, and he had his mask on, but he wanted to talk to someone. So he pulled his mask down and yelled out whatever he was going to say, and then he put his mask back on. Like, again, not a Mahomes hater. I think the guy's fantastic in most ways. But if you're wearing a mask except for when your mouth is open, come on. Like, can't we just stop pretending? There were other players that just had the mask covering their mouth the whole time and not their nose, which of course is fine because they're not shooting COVID out of their fucking noses. But again, that's not what we're told. Like, either buy into the fucking program or don't. And if you don't, stop pretending. Because what you're doing is lying to society. And it turns out that's exactly what the communists want. One such communist on Twitter is a woman named Lisa Hendricks. And she's a a blue check Twitter person. I don't know what in the world she possibly does that anyone cares about or needs to know about. But as you might guess, she's from Portland, Oregon. And her profile says, rage mom, community activist, survivor, gun violence prevention advocate, at every town and at mom's demand, organizer, all opinions are my own. And then she lists her pronouns as she and her. Wow. So she tweeted, Tom Brady could have used his platform to wear a mask and be a role model for responsible behavior. But no, he had to be a mask hole. Hashtag Super Bowl. No. Kami, silencio. Also, this communist got such a negative reaction to her absolute communist stupidity and utter annoyingness that she had to protect her tweets after that. Just doesn't want any more responses. Hey, I'm going to say a bunch of things with my blue check Twitter status. I am a rage mom after all. But no one is allowed to respond to me unless you're agreeing. Deal? K. There were others. He may be a great quarterback, but he could be less of a selfish jerk and put on a damn mask. Terrible role model. 
says, former man, Stephen Beschloss. I have no idea who that is. But I'm pointing out some of these, these real communist hot takes because, gosh, so good. And here's another blue check communist named Eliza Orleans. I have absolutely no idea what she does because it's not worth looking. The fact is she has a blue check on Twitter. They verify anyone, really, who says shit like that and has more than a thousand followers. So she says, watching the hashtag Super Bowl and seeing so many people in one place is making my heart race. This feels, and she does like the little dot, 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 unsafe. And comma, I guess I'm rooting for the team with the racist name over the team with the Trump loving quarterback in a sport that still hasn't apologized to Colin Kaepernick. And then she hashtags the Super Bowl again. Just so I don't know, people who search hashtags see her content. But let's go through this. Is the word chief racist? The fact that chiefs refers to Native Americans is racist just because it refers to Native Americans? It's the chiefs. There's nothing racist about naming your team the chiefs. That's just crazy. That's like legitimately, legitimately crazy. That's the kind of thing where, you know, when they say like, if you're a hammer, then everything's a nail. Or if you only have a hammer, I don't know how the fucking thing goes, but you know the point. Like basically all these people do for attention and for relevance is call things racist. And when that's the only move, then they might as well figure out how everything might be racist so that they get to use their, their one skill again. And she can't root for the Patriots. Or I'm not the Patriots. <laughs> she can't root for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wait a second. Why isn't Buccaneers racist too? I mean, that's talking about like pirates, right? And pirates like loot and pillage. So they must be sexist, right? How come that's not a bad name, Eliza? But she's rooting against the Buccaneers because Tom Brady likes Trump. And if you are still obsessed with Trump, even after you pretend that Trump lost and is no longer president, just admit you're obsessed with the guy. Everything, everything, everything is about Donald Trump. And then they try to bring it back with a Colin Kaepernick shout out. What does the NFL have to apologize to Colin Kaepernick for? Colin Kaepernick is bad at football. He wears Che Guevara socks and kneels for the national anthem. He is bad at football and he is bad for the NFL. These people pretending that Colin Kaepernick should be in the NFL or that it would be good for the sport are people who don't watch the NFL and don't know jack shit about football. But stunningly, 
None of these people on Twitter actually win the award for most deranged communist yesterday. Jake Tapper comes in at number two for saying that every Trump supporter is a domestic terrorist. I mean, that is just insane. But this has nothing to do, and this has nothing to do with football, so I'm a, I'm a little sad. This is not my best segue, but I'm going to go right back into football. So it's not even really a segue. It just goes along with crazy communists on Twitter. But this is from communist, MSNBC communist, Chris Hayes, who for some reason we all used to, to pretend was really smart because he has dorky glasses and a certain way of talking. And Rachel Maddow, who we all pretend is really smart, used to say that Chris Hayes was really smart. And so we all just accepted it, I suppose. But Chris Hayes says, the shamelessness of Republicans on the Sunday shows is a sight to behold. You got hundreds of thousands of Americans killed and then helped a deadly attack on the Capitol to stop the peaceful transfer of power, exclamation point. And it's all, well, shucks, why are the Democrats so divisive? They damn near destroyed the goddamn country. Unprecedented death and destruction and misery and mourning. Absent some apology, And honesty, nothing they have to say is worth anything at all. At all, at all. I mean, settle down, Chris Hayes. I'm I'm continually amazed how these people make their way through the world. Like, on some level... When Donald Trump was unanimously agreed to be the president, unlike the situation we have now where the majority believes in the fake president, Joe Biden, and they believe that he somehow legitimately got 81 million votes, or well, not the majority, but the majority of people on television, right? The majority of people like Chris Hayes all agree with those things, and somehow they're actually more insane now. It's like when you're trying for so long to do this one thing that you think is going to fix all the problems in your life. And then you get that thing and you realize that not only does it not fix everything, it basically doesn't fix anything And it removes the seemingly legitimate target of all your anger and hatred. And that's where so many of these leftists are. The world didn't become healed in the way they pretended it would. Blaming all your problems on Donald Trump is not only stupid and irrational, but it's not going anywhere. And they're coming to realize that which is why they have to keep doubling and tripling down. Not only does he need to lose an election, he didn't, but they're pretending he did, fine. He needs to be impeached so that he can never run again. And we're supposed to believe that that's really what they're after. And if Donald Trump is actually so unpopular and lost to a dead guy by so much, why are they worried about him running again? They should be as happy as they were for Donald Trump to compete with them as they were 
in 2015 and 2016 during the primaries where they were like, yeah, let's hope that Donald Trump wins because he'll be the easiest to beat. What happened to that? That doesn't count anymore. The amount of satisfaction they thought they would get from Trump not being in the White House anymore has proven to be a mirage. And they are just more and more angry. I mean, the tone of this tweet, they damn near destroyed the goddamn country. How? You got hundreds of thousands of Americans killed and then helped a deadly attack on the Capitol to stop the peaceful transfer of power. Really, the Republicans that appeared on the Sunday shows yesterday helped a deadly attack on the Capitol? First off, it was not a deadly attack on the Capitol. Ashley Babbitt died because a police officer shot her. Brian Sicknick died, not because he was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher, but from his own health issues prior to the situation. And then everyone else who died is still a mystery. Again, they keep saying that four or five or six people died that day. But how do we still only know of these two, neither of whom were killed by Trump supporters? How do they keep pretending that this narrative is valid? I mean, it's possible that these people are just pathological liars. That is totally possible. And it wouldn't surprise me if that were the case, but they're so passionately doing it and so repetitively doing it that it seems that they must believe this at least on some level, but how can they? You got hundreds of thousands of Americans killed. By what? By what? The coronavirus, for sure, right? But how did the Republicans on the Sunday shows get hundreds of thousands of Americans killed? I know that they say it's all Donald Trump's fault. I mean, that's preposterous, but still, they say it. And if Donald Trump did that, and not the Republicans on the Sunday shows, as he's referring to, but if Donald Trump did that, then Joe Biden has already gotten 50,000 Americans killed and he's only been in the job a few weeks, right? What really got hundreds of thousands of Americans killed and hundreds of millions of people around the world pushed into extreme poverty, what got millions of American children taken out of school, their entire futures stunted and delayed are media figures exactly like Chris Hayes. I mean, this is just projection. It has to be. This is so, so detached from reality. Unprecedented death and destruction and misery and mourning. Really? Really? It's unprecedented. And the Republicans on the Sunday talk shows yesterday are the ones responsible for it. Now, weren't we told that this pandemic was all around the world causing the same thing? Are we supposed to pretend that it only happened here? And the cause of the pandemic 
was gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, sponsored and supported by Barack Obama, Anthony Fauci, and our own CDC. Why do we have to pretend that any of this makes any sense? Chris Hayes is not a person that deserves to be taken seriously any longer. This is nuts. And the really funny thing was this guy, uh, Chad Felix Green. I, I, I saw this tweet because Rick Grinnell retweeted it, but he wrote, they are all Keith Olbermann now, which is just a brilliant tweet and so true. And so the commercials, oh, the commercials. One of the absolute worst commercials was uh, the Wayne and Garth, the Wayne's World characters with Cardi B uh, shilling for Uber Eats and their campaign to eat local. I mean, hey, Uber Eats, what the fuck are you talking about? Where do people normally order delivery from? Like, I'm in Los Angeles. Do you think that I'm going to order delivery from Bakersfield or San Francisco or Seattle? All delivery food comes from local. Who has ever ordered delivery food from far away. In fact, the way you know that the answer is no one is because they don't let you do that. When you call up and say, hey, I'd like to order for delivery. The person on the other end of the phone says, okay, where are you? And if you say, well, I'm about 150 miles away. Will you still get here in a half an hour? They hang up on you. It's literally impossible to order delivery food from anything other than local. So sorry, Uber. Your messaging doesn't make sense. Where do you think people are eating from if not local? Eat local. Eat local. Cardi B, eat local. Shut the fuck up. Woke corporate advertising is absolutely sickening. And it's so, so stupid. I'm sure, I haven't looked, but I am sure that there are woke think pieces talking about the importance of Uber Eats Eat Local initiative. In fact, you know what? I'm going to press pause on this recording and I'm going to look. And I was right. Bloomberg, Hollywood Reporter, Yahoo News, all basically the same article that the Uber Eats Eat Local initiative suggests a renewed commitment to supporting local restaurants. Oh, I get it. So the tech corporation Uber that has the ability to track all your behaviors is, is doing this, this big, huge Super Bowl ad, not for their own money, of course, but to support local restaurants. Now, why would local restaurants need more support than normal? 
Oh, yeah, it's because all the people who make commercials like this and pretend that they're helping the world by using Uber Eats, those are the same people that supported all the restaurants being closed because everybody was scared of the flu. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. It makes sense now. I wonder if Uber and Uber Eats takes more of the money away from these local restaurants than they could get just by having their own delivery services take food to people. Huh? I wonder if we looked into that, how it would work out. But thank God somebody's saving the local restaurants that the same people also helped destroy for the entire last year. Good God. Very woke, very woke. Man, oh man, these people, they just help and help and help. And so Michelob actually had a commercial yesterday uh, where a narrator starts out at the beginning and he sounds exactly like Christopher Walken. And then throughout the commercial, they talk about how there are, how all these people have lookalikes, which is, you know, clever and funny. If you don't have you know, a brain and an idea of what's going on in the world right now. But this is subtle messaging and programming and narrative building about how easy it is to be fooled that one person looks exactly like another person. They actually do a pretty great job of finding this stuff. And they have masks and CGI and all sorts of other ways of making people look and sound like other people. I wonder if we're gonna see this again in the near future. Thank goodness they're setting the table for it, right? We also had Bruce Springsteen doing his absolute Springsteeniest to convince us all that what we need now is to become the reunited States of America. And communist Bruce Springsteen is the best person to lay that out for us. For sure. I mean, did he hate Trump? Yup. Does he hate Trump supporters? That's a yes too. But we need to be the reunited States of America. Interesting that the guy who got famous singing Born in the USA is now happily serving the Chinese Communist Party in a commercial for Jeep. Now, if you want to spend your afternoon digging on an interesting subject, research the connections between Jeep, the Chinese Communist Party, and the Biden family. Who knows what you might find? Also, interestingly, recall that last year when Joe Biden was, quote unquote, campaigning, and he would have those, quote unquote, rallies, the drive-in rallies, Many of his biggest speeches, the one at uh, the Democratic National Convention, and then I think that there was another one or two just leading up to the election. The crowd in front of Joe Biden was not humans, and it wasn't even normal Americans in their cars. It was people that apparently they hired, all of them in brand new 2021 Jeep Wranglers, or maybe there were other Jeep cars, but I think it was mostly Wranglers. And how is that? Isn't that weird that Joe Biden's biggest audiences were composed entirely of brand new Jeeps? 
I guess it's good that he appeals to someone. But apparently Bruce Springsteen is just a communist now. I mean, what in the world reunited America? No. Again, no one on my side of things is interested in unifying with communists. And them pretending that they are interested in unification with Trump supporters is also a lie. They are not at all. If they were, they would act differently. In fact, no one is less interested in unification than they are because they still can't even countenance a conversation with someone who disagrees with them or someone who questions the validity of a clearly fraudulent election. That is just not okay. I'm open to a conversation with literally any communist in the world. Hey, communists, you want to have me on your podcast? Happy to be there. You got an audience that I can talk to? Down. Sophia Bush, I'm a domestic terrorist. We used to know each other pretty well. Have me on. I'm down. But the truth is, I know these people, and they couldn't last five minutes in a conversation with me in front of the public. They can't do it privately either without getting upset or changing the subject because they don't know anything. But I'm still happy to talk to all of these people, whether in private or in public, and they are not. So I'm more interested in unifying than they are, but I will not, will not be unifying with a crime because I am not going to become complicit in what they have done to this country. And so let's talk about the halftime show for a second. A lot of people are pretty upset about the performance and the costumes and the general look of the entire thing. Um, The masks were very, very weird. I mean, first off, it looked like they were wearing diapers on their faces, like actual Huggies. I wasn't sure if that was the Huggies commercial or or the, the thing with the baby was the Huggies commercial, but... It might, the halftime might as well have been a Huggies commercial. Those guys were wearing diapers. They looked exactly like diapers. I'm sorry. Also, enough fucking masks. Weekend was not wearing a mask. Congratulations. But all of his dancers were. And they looked really a lot like the characters in Jordan Peele's Us. And eventually I will write a thing about how Jordan Peele is actually a malignant racist. And he is. I mean, he makes the most racist fucking bullshit imaginable. And we are all told that we have to pretend that it's woke and it's helpful and it's unifying. No, it's racist. It's obviously racist. Try watching one episode of Lovecraft Country, and you realize how racist Jordan Peele's shit is. And the halftime in many ways was visually stunning, but I'm not sure that's a good thing. Uh, A lot of people think that it was thematically rather satanic, which is in line with shows he's done before. I mean, there is video of a show he did in Amsterdam where it straight up says the word Satan on the on the uh, the big screen behind him. I don't know what to make of all that. That is not normally a subject that I spend a lot of time on. But I can't say they're totally wrong, man. I mean, 
the shit was weird. But let's move on from the Super Bowl. So yesterday, uh, it was announced that Hunter Biden is buying a $5.4 million property in Venice Beach, California. And I just want to say, hey, Hunter, welcome to town. You will feel right at home here. I just want to know if once he gets here, now that he's bought this house, I want to know if Hunter Biden needs to go door to door, letting all the Venice community know that he is a registered sex offender. Oh, he's not a registered sex offender because his dad is a powerful politician who has no problem with corruption. Got it. Got it. Oh, so Hunter would be a registered sex offender if it was just about behavior, but it's not just about behavior. It's about whether or not you actually get convicted. So Hunter is good and clear. Got it. Thanks. Welcome to LA. You'll fit right in. Hunter also got a book deal and apparently his book comes out in two months. Oh, really? In two months, you're going to write a book. Hunter Biden, one of the dumbest dumb fucks ever is going to write a book. I don't know if you've seen his text messages. You can because his computer, his very real computer that is definitely not Russian disinformation is widely available. You can read how he writes and how he spells and how he talks. All of them are at roughly an eighth or ninth grade level. But no, he's going to write a memoir and call it Beautiful Things. We're talking about a degenerate drug addict who messed away his own teeth and who has very questionable and disconcerting relationships with women, some of them hookers and some of them well below 18. I don't want to read his book. And the truth is no one really wants to read his book. And the other truth is that just like Andrew Cuomo, he's not writing his book. Someone else will. And then the greatest truth is that he's not making the $2 million advance to actually sell books. He's being given $2 million and that's being covered up by someone else writing a book, which in itself is a cover up. So congratulations, America. Look what we've done. We got exactly what less than 50% of us wanted. But we're told that he's the most popular, popular president in history with just a really great son who writes a memoir called Beautiful Things. What a beautiful thing that is. Now, tomorrow begins the impeachment and Trump's lawyers filed another uh, long response today. It is primarily focused on the lack of jurisdiction and constitutionality of the proceedings we are still yet to see whether or not they will pursue the overwhelming evidence of a fraudulent election. And I hope that they do. I also hope that they will show the video and the evidence of who actually was responsible for the violence at the Capitol on January 6th. And hopefully they will show the evidence that this stuff was planned out well in advance and clearly not incited by Donald Trump. And hopefully we'll show the fact that not only were other officials asking for more 
protection, more security, more support around the Capitol for that day, Donald Trump himself was asking for it, asking for the National Guard to be there and was denied. There is absolutely no way in the world that Donald Trump can be held responsible for inciting an insurrection. He did not incite it. And what happened there was definitionally not an insurrection, as I have covered many times. No one there tried to overthrow the government and install a new one. No one, not one person. And not one person wanted to. What people wanted was for their voice to be heard and for the recognition of the overwhelming evidence of fraud in the election to be heard and to be shown and to be acted upon. That is what they want. I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns do not work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parlor at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon. 
down on the range. It's hell!